Welcome to worship from Jessup First United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Rebecca Duke Barton, the pastor here. This is the beginning of the Advent season. Every year, the church calendar tells the story of Jesus. And so we begin anew every Advent, preparing our hearts to celebrate the first coming of Christ. But in that season, we also prepare our hearts for the second coming of Christ, knowing that one day he will return. And so in the season of Advent, we will be coming together and thinking about the roots of Jesus. There's a tradition of, of a devotional called a Jesse tree. And you look back at the stories of Jesus and you remember what led up to the coming of Christ. You remember who his family is. You remember God's faithfulness from generation to generation. And so for our sermons this, this season, we'll be reading from stories that, that invite us into the Jesse tree, that invite us into the roots of Jesus. That's actually where Matthew begins the story. He begins the story of Jesus with a genealogy. It's tempting to skip those genealogies, those begats, as we used to call them from the King James Version. But this Advent, I invite you to dive in, to understand the roots that Jesus came from, to understand the promise from Isaiah that a shoot shall come up from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. So I invite you to come in and listen as we hear from Matthew, as we hear from the stories throughout the genealogy of Jesus, as we prepare our hearts for his coming. We began the service already with a song from our 150th anniversary celebration, How Great Thou Art. And we remember in this season of Advent, as the church calendar starts over, God is great. And in his greatness, he came as a lowly child. One day he will come again. Prepare your hearts, friends. Greetings in the name of Christ. This is Garth. We're glad you're with us in worship today. This is the first Sunday of Advent. At our churches, we light candles on the Advent wreath each week. You might have candles there with you that you can light. If you do, go ahead and light one candle today as you hear these scriptures, first from Isaiah and then from Romans. Isaiah 2, 1 through 5. The word that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, 
Let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and he shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. And now from Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to awake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the work of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We tell the story of Jesus year after year in the church. We started Advent, moved through Jesus's birth, baptism, life, death, resurrection, and ascension. And here we are back again to tell the story yet another year. If you were going to tell the story of Jesus, where would you start? Some of you might start with a story that would immediately show the heart of Jesus, like the prodigal son or the good Samaritan. Some of you might start with his death and resurrection because we are Easter people all year long. Lots of us would start with the story of his birth, how God became flesh, the one in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Well, in telling the story of Jesus, Matthew begins the story of Jesus with his family tree. He tells about Ruth, Jesse, David, and Bathsheba, and the royal family line. He tells about the Babylonian exile and the redemption from exile. It's a list of name after name. In the King James, it reads, Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas, and his brethren, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. By the time we've read begat that many times, we're ready to skip on to angel visits and the birth of Jesus. I understand the temptation to skip the begats, these genealogies, these long lists of names. But if Matthew started his gospel there, it must be because he thought there was something important here, something we needed to know to understand the birth and the purpose of Jesus. So we're going to settle in for a while and think about Jesus's family tree. Let's listen to Matthew chapter one, beginning at verse one. An account of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob, and Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Aram, and Aram the father of Abinadab, and Abinadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, 
and Jesse, the father of King David. And skip down to 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may not realize this, but families can be messy. I know, not yours. Your family is perfect and uncomplicated. But for most people, that's not the story. Families can be the places of our greatest love and joy and also our greatest heartache. An ER doctor from Boston, Alden Landry, posted on social media this week that he sees particular waves of injuries on Thanksgiving Day. The first wave comes about 10 o'clock in the morning from people running the turkey trot, and they haven't run a 5K since last Thanksgiving. And so he sees a lot of knee and ankle injuries, you know, the sort of sports injuries. Then he says there's a wave of food prep injuries. Lots of knives are out on Thanksgiving morning. Then come the waves of people who started drinking wine early in the day and then got behind the wheel to go see their family. Y'all, do not do that, ever. He says, then there's a wave that begins later in the day, and it's altercation-related injuries because someone brings up politics, and after a brief yelling match, somebody throws grandma's fine china at a loved one. He then added that this year there were a lot of people who were in the emergency room thinking they might have the flu or COVID or strep throat, He said, I think some people were looking for clearance to go to family dinners and others wanted a reason to avoid it. If that doesn't describe the messiness of families all in one day, I don't know what does. And this is why Jesus needed to come. Jesus came not because he heard there was a party and he wanted to be a part of it. He came because we make bad decisions and we hurt other people the very people we should love so often. We put ourselves first. We think we're stronger than we are. And into that mix of humanity, Jesus came to us. And when he returns, he's not coming back to drink eggnog. He's coming back to put things right, to bring about the new heaven and the new earth. When we look at Jesus's family tree, we see that same mix of humanity. There are squabbles between brothers, there's famine and hunger, there's intrigue and murder. If we picked up the Romans list from that scripture, we'd see drunkenness, debauchery, licentiousness, quarreling, and jealousy. There's a lot going on in this genealogy that Matthew gives us. You know what else I see? In every one of these stories, God showed up. God came to Abraham and Sarah. God came to Moses in the burning bush. God came to the Israelite slaves who cried out. God came to David in the sheepfold. God came to the exiles in Babylon. And Matthew will go on. God came to Joseph and Mary. God came to the wise men. And God still comes to us. That's what I'm thinking about as we begin Advent this year. Our God is the God who comes to us. We sing songs on this first Sunday of Advent. Come thou long expected Jesus. O come, O come, Emmanuel. 
What we realize when we start off in Matthew is that these roots run deep. God has always been the God who shows up. I think Matthew starts with this genealogy to remind us of who God is so that we learn that when God comes as a baby, it may seem sort of surprising and new, but then we look back and nod, yes, this is who God is. Great is thy faithfulness. God always meant to be with us. Jesus is the full expression of God with us, the one in whom the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Matthew presents the genealogy in such an organized way. 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations from the exile to Jesus. We are supposed to see that God has reliably come through in the past. And so in your present right now, you can rely on God to show up again. He is the God who comes to us. There's a tradition for Advent known as the Jesse tree, where we look at the stories of Jesus's ancestors to better understand who Jesus is. These are stories about God's faithfulness. These are stories about the covenant God made with Abraham, that all of the families of the earth would be blessed through his family line. These are the stories of God's promises to David that a king from his family line would always reign. These are the two Matthew especially highlighted as he introduced Jesus, Abraham, the father of nations, and David, the king, the anointed one. That's what Messiah means, anointed. This is Jesus's family line. I'm inviting you to take part in the Jesse Tree devotionals during this Advent. I found a good one from Faith Forward that I'll be posting online. Seedbed has a good one this year called Roots by Dan Wilt. But the point of it all is the Jesse tree points us to the fact that God comes to us, that the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever will come through, that the God who is faithful from generation to generation will still be faithful today. Advent is a season about the promises that God has come to us. I know sometimes this world feels hopeless, but Jesus brings hope. We need that hope because there are some days when we feel like we aren't going to make it. Some days are too much. Just because it's close to Christmas doesn't mean your problems all went away. You might be having more financial struggles than normal because you spent too much money on Friday. You might have more work stress because for some businesses, this is the busiest time of the year. And those families that we talked about, pile three or four generations into one house, fill all the kids with sugar, and tell everybody they have to be happy all the time. Some days we feel like we have nothing left. We feel like we're a stump. Beloveds, the God who created the world out of nothing can bring life from a stump. If you came to my yard right now, you would see some very sad looking crepe myrtle trees. All of the leaves and branches are gone. But I know that in the spring, they are going to grow back into something beautiful. There are several trees that can grow back from a stump. Willow trees, elms, poplars, olive trees. I have a friend who thinks that the image that Isaiah is using is for sure an olive tree because they're so numerous in Israel. 
gardening know-how, an online gardening website, suggests a way that you can grow a tree from a stump. So I, I went to look that up because I was interested about how that happens. The article begins with this. If you are wondering how to grow a tree from a stump, the first step is patience. They go on to explain that the tree's roots have stored up some energy that the tree created. That energy is directed into new growth from the stump. So if you've got a root system in these trees, new life can grow. We could reword that. If you want to see what God is doing in the world, the first step is patience. I know that's hard. The Monday devotional in the Advent resource I'm inviting my church to read has a verse from Habakkuk. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Taking part in Advent when it seems that everyone around us has run on to Christmas can be tough. It calls for patience. But it's patience that pays off in our spiritual lives. If we understand Jesus coming in light of the roots of his family tree, we see that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the promises of God. The root who comes up from the stump of Jesse is still rooted in all of those covenants, in all of those promises of God. Time after time, when God showed up, when God came to the people who needed him most, when God came for the whole world, this is who God is. And Advent is an invitation to wake up, to see what God is doing in the world, to know that God has come and that he is coming again. It's popular these days to think of the second coming as a scary time, worrying that you might be left behind. These are relatively new ways to read about what Jesus taught. The second coming is some kind of horror story. As Caitlin Schess pointed out on the Holy Post this week, the stories about the second coming were meant to bring hope that Jesus is returning to make things right, a time of no more sorrow and no more tears. Isaiah describes a day when he shall come to judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. This is what it looks like when a shoot comes up from the stump of Jesse. When Jesus came the first time, he brought life. When Jesus comes back, He's bringing life. There's hope in whatever you face today that we serve the God who brings life, who comes to us. You see, there's hope for the world because we serve the God who shows up. Even in the midst of all of this, we hope in the God of Advent. Oh, come to us. Abide with us. Our Lord. Emmanuel.